This week, we're going to try to finish up um, chapter 5 of Romans. The title of the lesson or the message today is The Best Thing in Life Really Is Free. Right? To, quoting the great biblical scholar, uh, Coco Chanel. Uh, if you know who that is, if you don't, you can ask your neighbor. I'm showing my age by knowing who that is. Uh, you do what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just threw you under the bus quickly, didn't I? So if you don't know who she was, she was the matriarch of the Chanel company. Uh, she died, I think, in early 70s. But this, was, this quote, uh, the best things in life are free, is, is attributed to her. Uh, not the quote up there, but the quote I'm saying. So, you know, I would say that a lot of us spend a lot of time kind of talking about what things cost. We calculate our costs. Uh, you know, we, our economy is based on what things cost as far as supply and demand. Uh, some of us maybe have things called budgets. Uh, you can ask your neighbor if you don't know what that is. Uh, you know, that's where you look at your money coming in and you look at the money going out and it says, hey, can I afford this or not? Some of us ignore those calculations, uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but so... Everybody loves a bargain. You know, we always, we never, nobody ever wants to pay full price for anything, right? We're looking for sales. We're looking for coupons. We're looking for Black Friday. We're looking for Cyber Monday. We're looking for all these different things to where we can get something cheaper than what it actually costs or what, it, what they're selling it for, right? Well, today, just like that gift says, you are in luck. Because the best thing you could ever acquire in this life is free. It costs you nothing. But it did cost something. It cost God everything because he gave his son to die on the cross for our sins. It was his shed blood that made that payment. Now, aren't you thankful for that? So, man, who's in today? I'm in. So we're going to read chapter 5. Uh, we're going to look at 12 through 21, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get started. It says, wherefore, and anytime you see therefore, wherefore, you've got to look back. Uh, you can do that on your own time because we don't have time today. But wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. Uh, and so death passed upon all men for the, all that have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure... Of him that was to come, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. There it is. For if through the offense of one many, may many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. And if you look at how that's worded, that was all one statement from 13 to 17 in parentheses. Uh, so that's key as you look at that. Verse 18, therefore, is by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Praise the Lord. And as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness 
unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful uh, as we uh, think about what you did for us on the cross, as we think about the free gift and how because of that free gift, if we accept it, uh, we can stand before you unreprovable and unblameable and righteous in your eyes, because not because of us, but because of that sacrifice and because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And God, I just want to take a minute right now to thank you for that. And I do pray, as we have a chance to just teach for just a minute, dear God, I pray your Holy Spirit would teach us that we would listen and we would respond accordingly. We love you. All these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome passage of scripture. So we got a lot to cover today and, uh, you know, We'll see if we get done. So uh, the first thing we want to talk about, uh, answers are brought, brought to you by the letter O today. So uh, the origin of sin. And how, where, how did we get here? How did we get where we are today in our sinful condition? Uh, well, we got a man named Adam to thank for that. Uh, verse 12 said, by one man sin entered into the world. Uh, Genesis 2, 7. And notice, ladies, I didn't blame it on you. It's by the man, okay? There's no mention of the woman here, so uh, you're welcome. So, Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Uh, so... Death came by this action. Uh, Genesis two fifteen through 17, if you remember the instruction, says the Lord God formed man. Uh, go on, there you go. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freest, mayest freely eat. So who did he give the commandment to? Who? The man, right? It wasn't Eve's commandment, okay? Just keep that in mind. It was Adam's. Uh, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thou of, thou shalt surely die. So did Adam die that day? No, he died hundreds of years later. Uh, but his spirit died that day when he committed that, that sin in Genesis 3. Uh, you know, as you go throughout Israel's history, if you go throughout our history, you know, we... You know, we can't use the statement, the devil made me do it. Anybody ever, anybody ever said that? Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy thirty nineteen says this, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that thou both, thou, both thou and thy seed may live. So it is a choice. And so what we see from that, besides that death came because of sin, that didn't stop with Adam. You know, that'd, been, that'd been awesome if it did, but it didn't. And the reason why is death passed upon all men. Genesis 5, 1 through 3. Uh, it says, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. So Adam is created in the likeness of who? God. Right? Verse 2. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name. That's interesting. Their name, not his name, Adam, in the day when they were created. It's another story. Verse 3, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son 
in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. And so because of that, because he begat or created a son uh, and had a son with Eve in his own image, not the image of God because of the fall, then guess what? We're all born into sin. Uh, and so, but, there's hope. First key for today is while we are born with the sin nature. You may think I'm a pretty good person. Uh, you may look at your, you know, Colin just had a baby, uh, Berkeley. And, you know, right now you look at her and think she's the most innocent thing in the world. But she was born with a sin nature too. We were all born with it. We can't, it just passed upon us. Uh, and because we are in a fallen creation. But we, don't, we still have a choice. We have the choice of being obedient to God's word. Ephesians 4, if we have the blood of Christ applied to our lives, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we can make this choice. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says this, If so, be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, so you can put him off, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we can't use the excuse the devil makes us do anything. Second Corinthians 7 says that we are to cleanse ourselves. Uh, you know, stop relying on, you know, 1 John 1, 9. You know, God paid for your sin. He's done with it. We should be done with it as well. And so moving on, in verse 13 and 14, if you look at it there on the, on the screen, it says this. Uh, where are we at? For unto the law sin was in the world, uh, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. And we talked about that word imputation or imputed when something is accounted or charged unto somebody. We covered that a few weeks ago as well. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. After the similitude, or the type, of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And so when you look at this, it says that death reigned from Adam to Moses. What did did Moses bring in? He was given the law, right? He was given the law. And when the law comes in, then it proves to us that we are unworthy. It proves to us that we can't keep it. Uh, Galatians talks about that we are, it's a schoolmaster. Uh, And so the law... This shows us of our sin nature and the, the inability to keep God's commandments. Uh, but Adam, it said, was a figure of him that was to come. Well, who, is, who was the figure? Who was the person that was to come? Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says this. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. There's, there's figure, image, likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. And over ever creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So this figure, uh, Adam was a type. Adam was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to see that. 1 Corinthians 15, 47, 45 through 47 says this. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, who's that? was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, how that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So how, do, how was Adam created? Out of the dust of the ground, right? 
So he is a figure or a type, uh, the first Adam and the last Adam. We're going to see the contradictions or the uh, kind of the comparison between them. The next thing is the only solution, only goes in your blank. And so today, anybody ever won anything like a, like a giveaway or um, a drawing, anything like that? Man, I've never won anything. Like, I've never won a drawing. I've never won a prize. Uh, you know, I'm just, eh, just a loser, you know. I haven't won anything. But for you people that have, that are winners today, how good did that make you feel to receive something that cost you nothing? Really good. Yeah, exactly. Really good, yeah. And so we have received something today, and it's the free gift, right? Uh, the free gift that God has given us. You also received a free gift from me today. Uh, in the form of your little envelope. Uh, Derek, I want you to play that video for me. This is from the other biblical scholar, uh, Jerry, Steve Harvey. Here's the one thing they let me do that I know about. We have a gift for everybody here today. Now don't clap because you may not want this, this particular gift. This is Steve Harvey style. I want you to pack your bags. Slow down. <laughs> pack your bags. I want you, all of you, are going to one of my absolute favorite cities. Pack your bags. Everybody in here is going to Las Vegas. Now look at the reaction. All right, that's good, Derek. So, did, nobody did that when I gave you your gift today. <laughs> nobody, nobody danced, nobody cut a rug. Nobody, she did, okay, praise the Lord. But, so, and now that I made you all feel bad. So, but my point being, that's how we ought to be excited about what God has done for us. Uh, we ought to be excited about that every day. Uh, let's talk about gifts from God. Uh, Proverbs seventeen eight. I, I, I didn't ask Jade for that. I'll ask uh, forgiveness for it later. So for doing that, the video. So uh, it was either that Ellen or Oprah. So I thought Steve Harvey was the out of the three. <laughs> Proverbs seventeen eight says this: A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. Second Corinthians nine fifteen says this: Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. James one seventeen says this: Every good gift and every perfect gift is not from Steve Harvey, it's not from Ellen, it's not from Oprah. It's from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, and particularly this free gift. Uh, that we're talking about today is the gift of salvation. It comes only through the grace of God. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. First Peter four ten says this, As every man hath received the gift, even so 
Minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And what's awesome about this passage and this particular verse is when you look back at verse 15, it says this, uh, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Second uh, Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The next key today. The greatest thing you could ever desire, eternal life with the one, the one, the only one who created life itself is readily, readily available and absolutely free. Right now. You don't have to wait till this till I'm done, you know, running my mouth. You don't have to wait. You can get saved now in your seat. It's very simple. I admit that I'm a sinner that I have broken God's law and broken God's heart. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins according to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, and I confess that he is Lord with my mouth. The Bible says if you do those things in Romans 10, you shall be saved. There's no question about it. You shall today, right now, be saved. And you don't have to wait to the invitation if you want to do that. Uh, Praise the Lord. It's available freely. Uh, You don't have to go to the show. You don't have to go... Fill out a form. All you got to do is those three things. Verse 16. Uh, So let's look at verse 16. It says, And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. All right, have we got any math nerds here in the. Yeah, we got one. Yeah, some. some. The reason being because we're going to have several equations now. Okay, so uh, equation is where one thing, you take what's on one side, you have an equal mark, and then you have the other thing on the other side. And that means that they are the same if it has the equal, all right? So the first thing you want to look at in verse 16, it said that judgment uh, led to condemnation. Judgment equals condemnation. John three eighteen and 19 says this, He that believeth on him is not condemned, the hymn is Jesus Christ. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Uh, we just can't help ourselves. It's our nature. Galatians 3.10, For as many as are the works of the law are under the curse... For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Anybody ever told a lie? You're guilty of all. You ever lusted after somebody? You're guilty. If you ever took the Lord's name in vain, you're guilty. You ever thought about robbing anything? You ever, any of those things. You ever thought about murdering somebody? You ever, any of those things. We're all guilty. That's how we all stand before God today. Uh, unless we've had the blood applied to our life. We've all been condemned because we cannot keep uh, the law. Uh, but, and I'm thankful there's a but there, is the free gift equals justification. Romans 3.24 says this, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So in other words, you know, we talked about this, it's just as if you had never sinned. The slate has been wiped clean. Praise the Lord for that today. We ought to be thankful for that. John 5, 24 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me 
hath everlasting life. Here's this word. And shall not, not maybe, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Romans 8, 1 says this, there is, now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, praise the Lord for that. Second Corinthians 3, 9. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, uh, and, they were talk- and they were talking about Moses and the law, much more doth the administration, the administration of righteousness exceed in glory. And so we have been justified because of that free gift. But the story doesn't end there. Verse 17 says this, uh, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. And so we want to talk about the offense of man. Uh, the offense of man. And in parentheses it says the first Adam. I remember that verse that we talked about earlier. And so the next equation is the offense equals a reign of death. Offense is, you know, nobody likes to be offended. Nobody likes that word. Uh, Jesus didn't like it either. Uh, Matthew 16, 23 says this, but he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. But yet he's talking to Peter and he calls him this word. He says, thou art an offense unto me. And why was he in offense? It says, For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And so Jesus is looking through Peter, and he's speaking directly to Satan there. You are an offense to me. Uh, and your offense is rain, it calls a reign of death. Matthew eighteen seven says this, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. So offense is not good. This is very simple. But, again, there's a, there's a contrast here. The gift of righteousness equals a reign in life. Romans 4, 22 through 25. And remember when we talked about in chapter 4 of Romans? Seems like it was years ago. Uh, seems like that for me too. But uh, Abraham, we talked about his righteousness that he acquired because he was faithful. Uh, and that faith, his faithfulness equaled righteousness. Romans 4, 23-25 says, Therefore it was imputed, or it was counted to his account, to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, Abraham's, that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, our offenses... Not your brothers, not your sisters, not your spouses, for yours. We all put him on that cross, okay? Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Uh, Romans 6.18 says this, Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, Verse 18, let's keep going here. Um, And so when you read verse 18, it says this, Therefore... Therefore, now verse 17 just ended that parenthetical statement. I didn't think I could use that word correctly. I did it. Uh, 13 through 17 was all one statement. 18 says this, Therefore, because of what we just read, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men, under justification of life. So a statement or a thing, a thought that you have to get into your head, into my head, is this. Judgment and the free gift came upon all men. In other words, both are readily available. 
today. Uh, we get judgment when we're born because of our sin nature and the free gift that you know, I so graciously gave out to you today. It was readily available uh, because of Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross. It's, all you got to do is accept it and believe it. Uh, Romans 3, 10 through 12 says this, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. None, none, none. Just in case you didn't get the point, here we go. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Well, I give to the church... I help old ladies across the street. I feed the sick. I help the poor. You're not good. None of us are. We can't be because of what we're born into. But Jesus Christ can be good. And we can live through him. Uh, Man, Romans 3.23. For all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All means all. I don't care what version of the Bible you got in your hand right now. All means all. There, there, there are no exceptions. None. Man, but there's still a contrast. Judgment came, but the free gift came also. John 1, 7 says this, The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. He's speaking about John the Baptist. That all men, through him, the light, Jesus, might believe. And we talk about, you know, the shalls and the mites. That's a might. That's a choice. There's no shall there. 1 Timothy 2 Three through six. And what that means is, before I go move off that point, not everybody's going to believe. Not everybody's going to believe. You know, the parable of the seed and the sower, you had four types of ground. And you had four different outcomes. And unfortunately, you know, it's not left up to us. Uh, You know, it's it's not left up to Jesus, I would say, for God. You know, we still have that thing called free will. You know, there's a free gift, but there's also a free will. First Timothy 2, 3 through 6 says this, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. Uh, we talked about this Wednesday night, about this uh, um, I use the term loosely, worship leader uh, from Hillsong. Uh, saying that he just didn't know how God could send people to hell. I just didn't know he could. And it's okay to have questions. You know, I've had my doubts from time to time as well. But Scripture is very clear. Hell was not prepared for any person in this room. Hell was not prepared for any person on this earth. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for anybody here. So if you get there, or you go there, guess what? You book that flight yourself. You book that trip yourself. Uh, you don't have anybody to blame. It says, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. All means all, folks. Uh, lastly, we want to look at uh, point number four. It's the obedience of Christ. We saw the offense and the disobedience of the first Adam. Um, Adam. The obedience of Christ is, and he's the last Adam. And we're going to see a contrast here between those two. 
Um, now, they were both, you know, called the Son of God uh, in Scripture. Um, but there's a vast difference between the two. Uh, it says Adam was a figure. We saw that. Adam's disobedience. For, here's your next equation. Uh, Adam, as a result of Adam's disobedience, he was a sinner. And as a result, you and I are all sinners. Um, as a result of that. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22 says this, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. If And the key in that, it's the end. You're either in Adam today or you're in Christ today. There's no middle ground. There's no straddling the fence. You're either here or you're there. And, man, you've got to figure out where you are today. Uh, because of Adam's disobedience, we're, we were made sinners. But yet, because of Christ's obedience, we have the opportunity to be made righteous. And Christ was obedient to a fault. John 6, 3, 38 says this, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Luke twenty two forty two says this, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Philippians 2, 8. I love this passage. It says, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Uh, there was no, God looked around in heaven. There was nobody could make that trip but Jesus Christ. He was the only one that could do that. He was the only one that the payment would have been sufficient. Uh, he did it. Next key, where Adam was disobedient to the one thing, the one thing he was told not to do, Christ was obedient to everything the Father asked him to do. I don't know if you, you know, parents, you know, you usually have, you'll tell your kids something, just don't do this. You know, whatever you do, don't do this. And as soon as you leave the room, the first thing that they do is the one thing that you told them not to do, right? Well, where did they learn that? They're born that way. You're born that way. I'm born that way. If you tell me not to do something, the one thing that I want to do more than anything at that point is to do what you told me not to do, right? Adam was no different. Adam, when he was told, don't eat of that tree. You can do whatever you want to do. You're, you can tend the garden. You can keep it. You can eat anything you want. Just don't eat that one. You know? But yet, in that instruction, he did not emphasize the point to his wife. Uh, then, what happens? Well, he chooses his wife over God. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know what would happen if he'd have said no. I don't, you know, I'm not sure how that would have played out. I'm, this Bible would be a little different, probably. Um, but man, it was the wrong choice. And so, but Christ was obedient. He was obedient to everything he had, God asked him to do, even dying for somebody like you and somebody like me. Man, if I'd have looked at me, I said no way. I'd have said no way. There's no way that I'm going to die for him. He's not worth it. But he didn't do that. And I'm thankful. Next thing that we see, uh, because of this, so you see a contrast. The next thing is between sin and grace. And man, there's a vast difference between those two things. And there's two, they're given the same attributes. 
Just one is greater than the other. If you look at that verse 19 again, it says this, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous, First, verse 20, sorry, that moreover the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And so we see that both of them abounded, sin abounded. Proverbs 27, 20 says this. I don't know if I had this in your notes or not, but hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Man, if that doesn't really just typify how we are in our lost state, man, we just can't get enough of it. Matthew 24, 12 says this, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 2 Timothy three thirteen says this, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, you know, if we don't have the blood applied to our life, we just can't help it. There's nothing to fight it. Uh, but, and there's a but there, grace did much more abound. There's several verses on this because I just like it. Uh, John 1.16 says this, Of his fullness, his fullness, have, we, have all we received in grace for grace. 2 Corinthians 9-8 says this, God is able to make all grace abound toward you today, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You can't exhaust his resources. You know, you can't. He's never... You're never going to look around and say, God, I, man, I just wish I had a little bit more. Here you go. You can't exhaust them. 1 Timothy 1.14 says this, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And lastly, James 4.6 says this, But he giveth more grace, as if we haven't had enough, right? Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace, here it is, unto the humble. So maybe the reason you might not be receiving the grace of God like you uh, maybe have in the past or maybe at different times, maybe you're just not very humble. You know, Maybe you think a little bit more. We talked about this in Sunday school. Uh, Jonathan did a great job with that with Hezekiah. Um, man, he, he did such a great job for so long, but he got lifted up. And when he got lifted up, he took his eyes off the Lord and he started looking around at everything that he had done. Uh, he had done, or he thought that he had done. And man, he got proud. And when he got proud, uh, then uh, the wrath came. Uh, did a great job with that today, man. Verse 21, uh, let's see the contrast again, and we'll finish up here. Uh, it says, Sin reigned unto death. Verse 21, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So the first thing we will see that sin uh, go, leads to death. Sin, there's a reign of it, and it, it's always going to lead to death. Uh, James 1.15 says this, that when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Uh, there's no other outcome. Sin always equals death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You punch that sin ticket, you're just, you're just clocking up death, man. Uh, an early death for you, an early death for, uh, and, and whether it be spiritual or whether it be physical. It could be both. Um, you know, John talks about in one of his epistles that there is a sin unto death. 
Uh, you know, Corey will take, explain what that is later. But, um, man, you just can't keep putting in one thing and expect something else to come out. Uh, the wages of sin, your payment is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, and so it says in the last part of this verse, it says, Grace reign uh, through righteousness unto eternal life. And it's only by Jesus Christ our Lord. Isaiah 61.10 says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Man, we ought to be like those people, uh, those men and women dancing, you know, because of what we've received, you know. Um, man, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Um, you know, everybody like, all, all you ladies like to dress up. You know, men like to dress up too. I had to put on my jacket that doesn't fit anymore. Uh, I, won't, I won't try to button it for you. But, <laughs> but we all try to, you know, we try to, you know, look the best that we can possibly can. Um, right? Well, man. Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, has adorned us and given us a robe of righteousness. Man, that's what we ought to be putting on every day. That's what we ought to be putting on every day. Not the old man, but that new man. Philippians 3, 8 and 9 says this, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul had it right. Paul had every Paul could have done anything he wanted to do. He had the intellect, he had the background, uh, he had the means if he wanted to. Um, he could have been, you know, Sitting on the on the scribes and Pharisees, he could have been sitting right there on the Sanhedrin, ruling and reigning, if he wanted to. But he threw all those things away, counted them as dung. His education, his upbringing, he counted it as dung that he might obtain the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Uh, man, he had it right. And lastly, uh, Jonathan kind of hit on this in Sunday school this morning. Hebrews twelve two says this: Looking, fixing our eyes. Unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that authored it, he wrote it, he finished it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He was obedient, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, we, that's who we ought to be fixing our eyes on. That's who we'll be setting our affection on the things that are above, not the things that are here. Because all these things are going to pass away. Thankfully, one day, I'm going to have a coat that fits again. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to look a lot better than I look right now. You know, I'm going to be clothed in his righteousness. I'm going to have a new body and I'm so thankful for that. And I'm looking for that day. So we're going to close there. And, you know, I just want you to think about, Colin, if you'll come on up. Um, you know, we're not going to have an elaborate, you know, um, we've already had all the bells and whistles we can stand for today. But the closing today is this. Uh, and you can go ahead and stand. One day, 
We will all stand before holy, almighty God one day, whether it be uh, at the judgment seat of Christ or whether it be at the great white throne judgment. We're all going to get, we're all going to stand. You don't want to be at that uh, great white throne judgment. You do not want to be there. Uh, If you study those two out, it's at the very end. It's in Revelation 21. You don't want to be there. Uh, You know, but the question is this, whenever you stand before him, whenever I stand before him, Will we be found in our own righteousness? Which, guess what? It's non-existent. You're going to be sitting there with an empty slate, turning in an empty paper. Uh, Or will we be found in the righteousness only available through faith in the Lord, Jesus Christ? That's the question today. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you.